Welcome to Startup Nation Voices, a podcast of Startup Nation Mentorship and the World Jewish Congress. Startup Nation Mentorship pairs extraordinary college student leaders with top Israeli industry and government mentors. We currently operate on 20 campuses in six continents and enable students to develop meaningful, lasting relationships with Israelis who are in the center of the dynamic global economy and hub of innovation. In Voices, we bring on top Israeli and international leaders to share a deeper look into their industry and personal background, exploring the importance of mentorship and partnership with Israel. Hello, everybody. I'm Dean Mayer, Israel Director of Startup Nation Mentorship and Analyst at OutCrowd. I would like to introduce our amazing guest today, Kfir Kachlon, who is actually um, a partner at Ann Ventures. Who's a, he was an ex, ex-lawyer turned into venture capitalist, um, an amazing, amazing person as well. He worked um, at OutCrowd with myself and just an amazing person. Um, I would love to introduce Kfir, and I'm going to ask him to tell us more about his background um, you know, how, how you got into VC and where it all started. So, Kfir, spare no details, please. Tell us everything. Um, yeah, let, let's, let's get going. Wow. Uh, thanks, Dean. It's awesome to, to be here. You know, uh, we work together and uh, it's amazing for me to see how you progress and uh, the respect everybody has for you at our crowd. So, pleasure to be interviewed by you. Um, where it all started. So, I guess I can outflow myself or us back to uh, teenager Kfir. Um, I was lucky enough to be um, born and raised uh, where, you know, computers, uh, every couple of months there was a new model, there was a new uh, graphic card coming out or a new motherboard. So us as teenagers, we were not the most popular ones at school. <laughs> so uh, we basically uh, were busy building computers, uh, schlepping them around the neighborhood, uh, going to a friend's uh, basement, connecting to a LAN, and, uh, you know, playing uh, shooter games or whatever. Um, uh, you know, if, if, if maybe the older people who watching this video remember uh, Operation Flashpoint and Delta, Delta Force and uh, America's Army, um, Soldier of Fortune, all, all the good, good, good old games. Um, and that's where I grew up. That's the scenario. All my friends um, took that love to computers and software to the next level. Um, everybody around me almost is a, is a software architect or, or algorithm developer or machine learning researcher. But I hated physics. I hated uh, advanced mathematics. So I went to law. Um, after the three years in the military where I was um, a mechanical for the Air Force, uh, mechanic in the Air Force, I, um, I studied my, my law degree. I did bachelor's in uh, commercial law started working as a lawyer. I had a six years career as a, as a lawyer. Um, I had also a master's degree, which I did in Tel Aviv and Berkeley. So it's a, it's a collab between those two great universities. Um, and my last position as a lawyer was in a, at a very, very advanced uh, tech company called Controp. Um, they are doing very advanced uh, optical solutions. Actually, Eli Nir from uh, you know, your boss now and my previous boss, <laughs> uh, his father, built a Controp. It was sold to wow. uh, Rafael and Aeronautics, um, an amazing company. Uh, and I was over there uh, exposed as a lawyer 
um, very much to the engineering side and uh, the development and identification of, of new uh, products and, and optical sensors. And it really attracted me um, to be, to see less of the legal side, but more of the business and, and a product definition with customers. Uh, and, 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 uh, and that career was uh, what really made me say, okay, I'm sick of being a lawyer for six years. Uh, for me, uh, being a lawyer was like being a rabbi at a wedding. <laughs> at the end of the day, you you know, the two of the parties come to you and say, "Hey, okay, we decided that's what we want to do. Um, now just you know, do the formalities of it." Yeah. Uh, and that was very much being a lawyer. Um, you you get the gist of the deal, and they tell you what you want, and then you fight with the other lawyer to put it into a contract, and and eventually maybe you you know, uh, you are there when the when the papers are being signed, but that's it. I wanted to be one of the one of the couple. I wanted to date. I wanted to fall in love. I wanted to meet the mother, the father, whatever. Um, and uh, actually, my uncle said, "You know what? Why don't you look at venture capital?" I was like, "Wow, venture capital! You know, I never thought of it." So um, I said, "Okay, cool." So I started looking around in my uh, uh, network, and I uh, found out that one of my friends on my cycling team. Uh, was back then a vice vice president in a battery, one of the biggest firms, you know, cool. here in Israel. He then went and opened an amazing startup in the autonomous vehicle uh, industry. Uh, and he said, okay, build a CV, give it to me, and I'll spread it around in the Israeli venture community. Uh, it was picked up by one VC fund that eventually I was too uh, old for them, I would say. They were looking for somebody fresh out of school, and I already had six years as a, as a lawyer. Um, they One day, I got a phone call from our crowd saying that they got my CVs through that fund who rejected me, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, and then we, I started dating the our crowd people, uh, being interviewed. I started my career over there in 2017. I was there for about four years. Um, and in the summer of 2020, the height of the corona, um, I, I joined End Ventures, or I joined the funding team of End Ventures to, you know, to, to build uh, this new and exciting venture capital here. Really, I mean, so so much, so much. It's just interesting to hear about the the law background. You know, you you you're seeing it more and more in VC, at least from my experience. People with different diverse backgrounds coming in to be investors. So on that note, um, so you 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 mentioned that you studied law and worked as a tech lawyer. But how has your law background influenced the way you think about investing in early stage startups specifically? Um, and on the topic of academic backgrounds, are there any specific degrees or qualifications that are best to have, would you say, in venture capital as a prerequisite um, or as a basis? Well, um, let me hit that first uh, question. Um, I think lawyers have a huge advantage going into at least starting as VC analysts or entering the world of venture capital. I think you are trained as a lawyer to be skeptical. I'm not saying cynical, but to be skeptical, to not uh, accept everything people throw at you. And uh, and reality is that as a venture capitalist, you see thousands of companies a year. Um, not everybody will really, you know, uh, uh, fulfill on the vision that they, that they sell you. Um, not everybody tells the truth from the get-go. Uh, some people over-exaggerate their progress or the market or the validation that they have gathered. So you need you need that skepticism inside of you and, and that ability to stop and ask, really? 
and I think that's something very important that lawyers have, and maybe they do not understand it, but they do have it in them. Um, I think another element is uh, that as a lawyer, you have to be super, super, super OCD. Uh, you have to keep everything in a specific folder under a specific uh, category in your emails. Um, and when you see thousands of companies a year and you, and you are very much uh, a, a very organized person, I think that gives you a, a huge value coming from law. And the other thing is that, at least for me, my legal background was every day I had to learn something new. Uh, sometimes it has to be something in employment law. Sometimes it has to be something around uh, costumes and, and the classifications of uh, defense products or uh, semi-defense products. Um, and as a lawyer, especially in the international commercial space, uh, you have to learn uh, something new every day. And I think that's what's exciting also in the world of venture capital is that one day you do food tech, especially for us, right? We grew up at our crowd. You are still at our crowd. I grew up over there. One day you do food tech, food tech. the other day you do a, a autonomous vehicles, the next day you do AR and VR. So you really have to, to, to dive deep into a new category fast. Um, the, the pace of deals is amazing at our crowd. It's, uh, you know, I tell people that for me, growing up at our crowd was uh, like doing, a, I, I, I will say it in Hebrew and then I will say it in English. Uh, which is like the Navy SEALs training in yeah. Israel. Um, you know, they, they send you to the, they, they throw you in the deep water from the get-go and now you have to swim and find yourself and, and yeah. be productive uh, and, and, and uh, stress and the, and, and the flow and, and the amazing amount of deals you do in a year, mm-hmm. uh, I think really shapes you up to be a very good, a very good VC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see very complex financial instruments or financial structures of deals. You see uh, different categories. You, you talk with entrepreneurs from all over the world, not just the Israeli ecosystem or the American one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an amazing place to grow up. And I have my, you know, a lot of love to where I grew up at. Um, so yeah, so that's why I think lawyers have, mm-hmm. do have an edge as being VCs, although sometimes people don't take it naturally. They think, oh, okay, somebody with a technical background or somebody with a finance or accounting background, um, well, maybe I'm biased because I was a lawyer, but that's my idea. <laughs> yeah. um, and to your next question, um, what do people need in terms of what, what good uh, degree to go and study? I would be very blunt, and I know a lot of people uh, who are in higher education right now as students uh, listen to this podcast, but I will say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think why, you can why, why would you? Why, why do you think that? Can you explain a bit further? So... I think come okay, and I'll give you an example because I I I, uh, I I act where my mouth is. Um, <laughs> okay. We hired an analyst for for this fund for End Ventures, a dude that is 21 years old, haven't doesn't doesn't have a higher education background, and he's sharp as as you would never imagine. He's so smart. He loves technology. He's a real geek at heart. Um, and it's up to me to train him. It's up to me to, yes. to teach him and shape him, right? So he comes to me. Nobody already shaped his mind. He's yeah. very open. He's very eager to learn. And he doesn't have the previous way of other people doing stuff. And I, I like it personally. I know a lot of other VCs would look for, you know, MBAs and stuff like that. I, I, I don't mind. I think me coming as, as a lawyer, um, the new world of VC has its own terminology, pre-money, post-money, safes, uh, all, all of those stuff. And of course, the technical lingo 
uh, and those stuff that you usually don't really learn at school. Yeah. I mean, unless you've done an MBA somewhere and you did practice it a little bit, yes. you, you have to dive into this world and learn it from scratch. Nobody will teach you how to be a good networker. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the number one thing about being a good VC is, is having a good network, even as an analyst. Yeah. You need people to validate with. You need people to, uh, if you want to be a good VC, to give you deal leads. Yeah. Um, and they don't teach it at school. Yeah. So I think I think I, that that's a really interesting point because you hear that often from, um, you know, I, I hear that from friends that I studied computer science with in Israel um, that have gone on, they, they work in Israel or, or in the States or, you know, in Europe. And one of the things you hear is that they often say that they don't, they didn't even need their degrees. Um, you know, there's, there's generally a, a trend saying, okay, well, it was definitely useful. It wasn't a waste of time. But on the other hand, it, we didn't need it necessarily. It was something we could have learned because the skill set you learn in reality, and that's again, as a soft engineer, as a data scientist, a lot of, a lot of the, the more technical stuff, not only in VC, you, you don't necessarily need um, a degree, which is just interesting to hear coming from you as a lawyer and as someone who's, you know, has had many, many years um, in, in academia. So it's just, I mean, that's a really interesting trend, I guess, and an interesting note just to, to think about for some of the people listening to this. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, I, I completely agree. I mean, there's, there's not much more to, to say here. So I think, I think if students are watching it, so if you want to go into venture capital, if you're excited about doing deals, if you're excited about technology, living on the frontier of technology, I'm not saying something old, like something that nobody really thought of yet because stuff are being shaped on the, out of the Technion, MITs, whatever, and, and then being trickled down to the normal world. Yeah. You don't let your academical experience hold you back. Don't say, ah, you know, shit, I, I studied the computer science, but I didn't study an MBA. So you know what? Maybe I can't be a VC. I think that's wrong. Um, and yeah, some firms will not take your application seriously, but that's maybe not the firms you want to be at the get-go of your, of your career. Mm -hmm. You want to find somebody who will mentor you, who will educate you, who will nurture you, who will, at your first day at the job, will go and put you in front of all the people he knows if they are in meetups or if it's on Zoom calls, he will let you ask questions, he will not keep you in the background. The experience that you might have uh, uh, being exposed to under this kind of person uh, outweighs every academical degree you can do ever. Yes, totally, totally. No, I, In I, my opinion. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I really do. I think, I think that's really interesting insight. So th thanks for sharing that with us. And um, so bringing us to the, to the next question I wanted to, to discuss with you was, you mentioned you moved to our crowd when you joined Venture Capital and we've also discussed some of the skill sets that you've gained being a lawyer. But what were the skill sets that you lacked when joining venture capital versus the ones that you excelled in? Um, and overall, what were the most important lessons you've learned at OutCrowd and in venture capital in general? I will tell you the first skill that I had to drop. Uh, so I think I'm looking at my skills or my knowledge as, as a mechanics uh, toolbox, right? You open the toolbox, there's a good screwdriver, blah, blah, blah. The, your goal in life is to pick up the, good, the, the best tools. Um, I think the tools I picked up from my law career was formality. I was very formal. I was dressed up, sharp, smart shirt, uh, and all of that. And, and very quick, I understood being in venture capital that nobody cares about it. Okay, um, It's more of what you bring to the table as a person and your 
פרסונה, the way you interact with people, you know, before corona, we would go on events every day. There was drinks, there were meetups, there were, um, and, 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 and the, you had to be a people's person. And if you would come with that mindset of a lawyer being very formal and, you know, trying to not be a cut of, of God or something like that, or, and, and being very like this, uh, it would serve you bad as a venture capitalist. So that's the first thing I dropped. Things that I had to pick up were, of course, the financial world. It's not that I did not know financial world or, you know, but I did not know the nuances of the world of venture capital. And it's a beautifully nuanced world. Uh, the instruments, the safes, the CLAs, the, you know, people talking about pre-money, post-money, uh, uh, anti-dilution protections, uh, um, all of ESOPs, all of those are things that I had to learn through my experience. And I do, uh, there are some online, even free courses that can give you a great intro into that world. Um, definitely, you know, people should look them up. Amazing stuff. There are great books to read. Um, but those are things that I lacked. Um, I wasn't very Excel sharp, okay. you know, the, the, the software. Um, and I had to learn. And, and, and luckily, at our crowd, there are amazing people who know how to use that. So they, they taught me very well. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, at the end of the day, it was uh, the skill that I really had to learn is, is being, how do you say, uh, receptive. Okay. Um, and that's a, a skill that I, I never really paid attention to growing up as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. uh, but being a, as a venture capitalist, I think you need to, to be quiet. If, if it's in a pitch meeting, if it's in an event, Try to embrace people, try to embrace what they speak, hear their body language, um, try to uh, hear be between the lines and, and not stagnate on, on whatever re people really tell you. Um, I think it also, in a good way, you, you, if you want to excel, you need to be humble. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to humble yourself in every meeting. Okay? You can't come to a meeting knowing everything. Because um, sometimes you, you want to you show people that you don't know, so they will teach you. And even if you know, you see, you know, their level of knowledge. Um, so I think that, uh, 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 not skill, but that quality, yeah. of humbling yourself, that's something that I was totally lacking in the beginning of my career as a venture capitalist, because coming from a low background after six years, six years a lawyer is, is already somebody who has, a, um, uh, you know, who has an intern or somebody working for him. There's a little bit more prestige to it. So you need to, you know, chill. You need to be yeah. more humble. Yes, totally. And and just on when you mentioned the importance of being able to socialize and network and kind of pick up on different social dynamics within different groups and, and not only for startups, but just within the environment, the VC environment itself. That that's really interesting because you you actually hear that from more people than you would expect to, because you know, join venture mm -hmm. capital and you assume that everything's extremely financial and very formal. And that, you know, if you want to, if you want to get it on the best deals, you just got to basically um, have the biggest funds and, and um, or you know, do the best research. Or, exactly, uh, exactly. But, but it seems, it seems to come down to much more than that. And, and, and actually, when I say more than that, a more fundamental level, which is the social element of being able to build strong relationships with, with founders, with different funds, and, and basically broaden out your network, all based on the fact that you're a social likable person which generally happens in, in, most, in most industries. But I think in VC, there's, 
there's a kind of emphasis on being being social and being likable and liked by many people. Not again, not only founders, but but just your colleagues and different funds as well. So would you do you agree completely with that? Or do you think that is probably the most important soft skills in general? Um, I think being a people's person is the most important skill ever, wherever you go. It doesn't doesn't matter what thing you do in life. Yeah. But I do think that in the world of venture capital, I would say that in order to be a successful venture capitalist or a good one at least, you can take three ways. You can be the best at, at money raising. You can be the best in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, being a great business development person, uh, uh, a maker, you know, maker of stuff. And that's very valid because funds run on, on capital. And if you are great in raising capital, you de facto will be a very sought after partner in a lot of funds. You can then uh, be a very strong analyst, you can be a very strong researcher, a very strong financial, you can sit on the computer for hours, you can make sense in all the most complicated things. And, and that by itself is a, is a great persona to be. Uh, it can take you very far. I know people that retired um, you know, from this industry as being some of the best analysts in their space. Um, and, and then you can be that generalist, the people that play in between. Um, I think, you know, I, I classify myself as that guy. And I think my qualities are, uh, you know, being definitely being a very good socializer, uh, you know, knowing people, uh, generating trust fast. Um, and cause at the end of the day, the best deals that I had or have done didn't come up from you know researching online and doing some uh, investment thesis on a on the food tech industry. You know, it came through a network, through somebody saying, "Oh, you're looking at that, at that space, so I have something interesting for you. Hear, hear them out. Jump jump on a call with the entrepreneurs." Um, so I think that just like in at law, in law, by the way, because there are great lawyers who are great academics um and they do an amazing career and then there are great lawyers who become partners in big firms who can bring clients um that's by that's money like in venture capital right that's where the money is um so i think yeah in our world of venture capital there is definitely that third option of being both uh, you know a, a, a mix of all all of those qualities yeah i think it's interesting to break it down in, into into the different kind of people that you can be. And I think, I think you see most of the successful funds um, the next, you know, we're going to, we're going to discuss and, and ventures where you're working now, but to kind of have a mix and balance of, of those kind of people. So really, really interesting. Um, so, so you did join and ventures recently as a general partner. Why did you decide to make this move? And can you tell us a bit more about and ventures investment thesis? Um, let's start with, uh, with the end ventures investment thesis. We are of an early stage Israeli focused fund. Okay. Um, and what we do is that in our thesis, in our main agenda, is that we try to find the companies in the early days um, and then validate through our network. We have a very broad network in corporates and academias, you name it. Basically, people on the buy side, either as potential exit too or acquisition, or people uh, that will eventually become clients of whatever product is being developed. So we try to validate if there is even a need, what is the product offering, compares, not compares. Um, and usually when, when, when companies are in the very early stage, that's 
where you get your validation from, there isn't revenue to 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 look at and and do cohort analysis, whatever. Um, so we we look we we want to get into the early stage. We want to be uh, leaders of rounds. Um, we we aspire to take a, a big ownership percentage of a company. That's because we roll our sleeves up and and come to work. We don't just give uh, money and that's it. Let's meet every quarter for the board meeting and see what happens. No. And if you look at our website, if you look at the people that funded this uh, company, uh, this fund, uh, my partner, uh, Roy Geva Glasberg, he's the, the father, the, the one who uh, invented uh, Google for Startups, which is the most scaled or, or the biggest acceleration program out there. Um, it's, 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 it's a brand name that is known all over the world right now. But he, in seven years ago, he started it in Israel. He started the first one in Israel. And so it was actually Israel. started, Google for Startups was started in Israel or he started the Israeli version of that? No, no, he started this whole idea within Google in Israel. So I'm not sure if it was Google for Startup or it was a Launchpad. I'm yeah. not really sure what is the name of the first program that they initiated. Yes. But he initiated that acceleration programs within Google. Um, for Google, basically, to shape its, itself as a technological leader, um, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a vendor of choice for startups, uh, you know, they, uh, for either using their, their software or their cloud services, it serves a huge value to, be, to have that ecosystem around you as, if you want to become a technological giant. Um, he started it uh, in Israel, and then he was relocated to California. Um, and he opened it all over the world. I think 15 ecosystems he built for Google all over the world. Um, and it's amazing to hear his stories and his background. And um, we are basically taking this methodology, okay? Um, we uh, look at the companies that we invest in, eventually it will be 15, 17 companies, and we uh, look at where we can bring that company builder angle, that accelerator angle. Um, and that means breaking them down both on, on a VC due diligence, which I lead, and both on, on the company builder, Google for startup methodologies that Roy developed over there, um, and understanding where value needs to be done or built, and how we can do it, who in our network. And that, and, and that serves a lot of value, because think about it. If you are now an early stage entrepreneur, and you know you need to do your go-to-market to the US, you're Israeli, you need to go to the US. There are companies that help you with that. Of course, there are go-to-market strategists and there's a firms you can hire, but it takes you time. It takes you money. You might fail with the first, second one. And then comes a VC that says, okay, only on that small factor of, of your roadmap, let us take that worry off your back or off your mind. I don't know what you say. Um, here is a vendor we work with and here is, is a, 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 a better quote than he usually gives because he works with us and we know him or he knows him for thousands of startups that he has worked with on um, that by itself, even this small niche uh, or uh, not niche, but offering uh, serves like as, as something that is very, very appealing to entrepreneurs in their early days. Wow. Um, and then we, we will break them down to, you know, looking at the UI, UX, uh, looking at their uh, technology stack. Um, we have amazing people who kind of like close a net on the startups. So you have people who are uh, horizontally skilled, right? They know uh, UX, UI across many verticals. They know 
machine learning across a lot of verticals. And then we have people who are vertically oriented. So they know uh, travel tech, they know uh, energy, whatever technologies it is, mm-hmm. they know it best or whatever verticals they know it yeah. best. And, and we can validate that with them and we can ask them and then they can serve as, as, as multipliers for, for our companies. Um, and this is the thesis. And yes, we have a portfolio company. We haven't yet published it because we are a, a close to signing the a agreement. We gave a term sheet and now we are just working on the legal, you know, the SPA. Yeah. Um, and day one after the term sheet, we, we, Roy went there and started there rolling his sleeves up and all of us uh, opening connections to them, putting them with UI and UX professionals to uh, move their platform to a zero, zero touch platform. Yeah. Make it more Monday-like, mm-hmm. you know, very uh, sexy product, a very accessible product, a very uh, intuitive product, um, and and that's what we do. And if you ask us, so what what uh, industries do you focus on? We don't focus on a specific industry, but we do keep ourselves to the B two B enterprise software, um, AI driven, but big data driven mm-hmm. worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try not to say, yeah, we only do mobility or we only do food because the nature of technology is that it's ever-changing, right? There is new stuff coming out tomorrow. Trust me, something new will come out tomorrow. I, I can say it with the, the same certainty is that the sun will rise. Yeah. So I, we cannot limit ourselves to one vertical, especially that we are early-stage investors. Because if we limit ourselves to one vertical, so one year you have great early-stage opportunities and then most of them will, will get funding or some of them will get funding. And then two years later, you are either have A or B serious companies and very not, not enough uh, seed or pre-seed companies to work with if you are limited yourself to a specific vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So that's our thesis. Great. Well, I, I must say we could go on for ages here. I have many more questions and many more things I'd love to get your insights and opinion on. But we're uh, unfortunately out of time. I would love to... Thank you again, Kfir, General Partner and Ventures. Amazing VC, amazing guy. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us and uh, we'll have you back on soon. Thank you, brother, and uh, have a good day. Great, thank you. Cheers. 